I believe in the days in which we live, you don't see that kind of faithfulness no more. I don't know about how it is down this part of the country, preacher, but I know back up at home, it's hard to get people dedicated. Hard to get people sold out for Christ. And I'm telling you tonight, today, we need people to help plow the fields. We need people to hold up the arms of your pastor and hold up that right arm and hold up that left arm and to help him on his journey. And when you lose one by the grave that goes on to be in glory, there comes a void in your heart and your life that is hard to explain from a pastor's point of view. You that are family, you'll have a void as well, and you as a church will have a void, but his will be just a little bit different. Someone that he's grown to depend on over the years. And know that that individual will no longer be there. But yet she's been promoted. (laughs) And now going to spend the remainder of eternity with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the place where I'm going. Have no doubts in my mind where I'm headed this morning. Amen. Amen. I hope you don't have any doubts, and if you do before this service is over this morning, maybe you'll make your decision sure of knowing that if you was to pass this way no longer and go somewhere into eternity, that you'll wake up in the arms of a loving Savior. That right there, my friend, is worth the trip. It's worth the journey. Turn in your Bibles with me this morning, if you would, to the book of Luke, chapter number 10. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter number 10. I hope and pray that we can be a help to you this morning. That is our only desire, is to be a help to you, the church, and this pastor And we're going to pray that the Lord shows up and helps us. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes, amen. Luke chapter 10, we're going to look at verse number 38. If you have your place, say amen. amen. Let's stand together for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message. Luke chapter number 10 and verse number 38. The Bible says, Now it came to pass as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His Word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to Him and said, Lord, dost Thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Folks, it makes for good singing. It makes for good 
songwriting, when an individual will say, it even makes for good preaching. When an individual say, when I'm going on to be with glory and you, to, to glory and you come to meet me there, just go ahead and meet me at the gate. Some may say, and it makes for good preaching and good singing and good songwriting, I'll meet you by the river. Or I'll meet you by the gates of pearl. Let me tell you something. If Todd Black never passes this way again, and I see you in the glory world, a place called the third heaven, just look for me at Jesus' feet. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, we just love you. We thank You for Your many blessings. We thank You for Your mercies and Your grace that You've bestowed upon us. And Lord, as we stand before Your people this morning, dear God, I pray that You'd undergird me with Your Spirit and Your power that I may preach Your Word. Lord, not in the fear of any man, but in the fear of an awesome God. And Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus upon the enemy this morning. For Lord, we know we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but Lord, against those principalities and powers and and high dark places. And Lord, we pray today, Lord, that You just loose our tongue and let us go. May we be a help to these good people here at the King Street Church. uh, And we'll love You, praise You, give You glory and honor for all that You do. Uh, In Jesus' name we do humbly ask and pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated today. I thank you again for the opportunity to be here in God's house with you this morning. But look at verse number 39 with me once again. As we preach to you for a little while, you'll find me at Jesus' feet. I believe that's a good place to be. Amen. Verse number 35, And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His Word. Wherever you find Mary and Jesus, I find it kind of unusual that she is usually at the feet of Jesus Christ. And I thank God that we have a place to find shelter in the midst of our storms. For you that are grieving over your loved one this morning that's already been promoted, you can find help at the feet of Jesus. No matter if you're grieving or if you're rejoicing or whatever kind of help you may need. It may be physical need. It may be a spiritual need. But whatever that need is, it can be met. But we've got to get our way and make our way to the feet of Christ. If we can get to the feet of Jesus, my friend, we can find shelter in the midst of our storms. If we can get to His feet, we can find salvation in the midst of our sin. And I thank God that the Lord saved me on January 3 of 1993 and called me into the ministry to where we can give people the Word of God to where they can receive the same help that I received many years ago as I was birthed and born into the family of God. There's a place we can go to get help when we cannot help ourselves. Amen. That's what's 
what's wrong with the world today. They want to do it all by themselves. I've got the world by the tail, preacher, is what they'll tell us. I've got the old tiger by the tail, if you would. I don't need any help. It's that thing called pride that boasts up inside of an individual. And that pride, my friend, will tear you down and break you down and bring you to a place where you'll have to come to a loving God to where He will break you to where you can receive Christ as your Savior. I am a firm believer today before an individual can get saved they have to be lost first. According to everybody that lives in Spartanburg County everybody's saved. Everybody's a Christian. If you don't believe me go ask them. They'll tell you. I've done changed the way that I evangelize out in the community preacher. I no longer ask them, are they saved? I no longer ask them, are you a Christian? I ask them this, are you born again? I was with a visiting evangelist just a couple of years ago and we went to Denny's after the service to have a meal and we went there and we sat around this large round table and this young lady that was helping us, she was our waitress, she was just full of joy. She was just vibrant. She was just, and done a great job. I mean, some, most places you go to today, they never do even want to wait on you. You know what I'm saying? But she was just uh, over, overly excited about something. And I, 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 I looked at her and I said, Dear, have you been born again? <laughs> but this is what she told me. What do you mean? I said, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Have you had the rebirth? Have you been born into the family of God? She said, I I go to church. I said, dear, you go to church, but you don't know anything about being born again? She said, no, sir, but I've, I've been baptized, is what she said. She said, I've been baptized. I said, dear... That's good that you go to church and that's okay that you've been baptized, but have you been born again? I said, have you ever asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and then Him wipe the slate clean and you get up a new creature in Christ? And she said, preacher, I've been going to church for X amount of number of years and I've never heard the gospel put that way about being born into the family of God. I said, you better find you a church that preaches the truth and preaches the gospel and preaches that you have to be born again because Jesus said I'm the way the truth and the life and no man can come to the Father but by me in other words there is no other way other than Jesus today that's right oh my another instance we was up there at the clock one of your pastor's favorite places to eat 
right there in front of the big Baptist church in Bowling Springs, South Carolina, a 17-year-old girl uh, was there and I asked her the same question as she waited on our table. Have you been born again? She'd never heard those words in her entire life. And then I explained it to her and I, I spoke of this man named Jesus. And she said, I'm sorry, sir, and I'm not trying to be funny, but I've never even heard the name of Jesus. I don't even know who He is. I'm talking about across the street from the clock is one of the largest Baptist churches in Spartanburg County. And she's working in that restaurant. And yet no one has ever mentioned the name of Jesus to this 17-year-old girl until I mentioned it to her sitting at a table with a group of preachers that afternoon. My friend, listen, I thank God for missionaries. I thank God that we send millions of dollars overseas for the gospel to be spread. And they're supporting those missionaries. But folks, one thing that we often overlook in the ministry, our greatest mission field is at times right here in which we live. You'd think that everybody's heard the name of Jesus. There is a place we can go to get our help when we cannot help ourselves. Psalms 91 and 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 81, 7, Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in a secret place of thunder. Folks, I'm here to tell you, according to God's Word, Abraham found that place at an altar of prayer. Jacob found that place when he wrestled with God in the midnight hour. David found that place when he walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, Job found that place when he took his burdens to the Lord and said, Naked come I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jeremiah found this place in prison when he penned the words in Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Daniel found that place in his prayer closet. Them three Hebrew boys found it in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. John the Beloved found that place when he laid his head in the bosom of Jesus. Paul found that place on the road to Damascus. Peter found that place in the upper room. Jesus found that place in the garden of Gethsemane. And thank God I found that place at an old fashioned altar of prayer many years ago when the Lord Jesus Christ came into my heart, changed my life, changed my step, changed my mouth, changed my entire outlook on life. Amen, preacher. Amen. It was the Lord. Amen. It was the Lord. I'm glad there's somewhere we can go to get a cool drink of water besides behind this plant. Amen. I think we can go to Jesus. Mary found her peace. She found her rest. She found her understanding. She found her joy. She found her deliverance. She found her wisdom. She found her health, her hope, her healing, and her victory in one individual and one individual alone, the Lord Jesus Christ. And she found Him at His feet. When this world is reeling, 
When this world is rocking on the way to hell, you'll find me at Jesus' feet. I want you to look, as we preach to you a little while, three different places in the Scripture where you'll find Mary at Jesus' feet. As we said in the introduction, you'll find Mary usually at the feet of her Lord. There's reasons why that she was at His feet. Oh, when she bows down at the feet of Christ, Pastor, she's humbling herself before God. She is uh, saying, Lord, I'm nothing and you're everything. I'm dependent completely on you. And I need your help. The first place there we read in the Scripture, Luke chapter 10, verse number 38 and 39. Now it came to pass as they went uh, that He entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received Him uh, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His Word. Listen, The first place that you find Mary worshiping at Jesus' feet is here in the book of Luke. She is worshiping at the feet of Jesus. See, you can preach the will of God. We can preach on the work of God. We can preach on the witness of God. But you preach on the worship of God and people want to draw up in a bunch of knots. They want to come to a place uh, like, I better not do anything unusual because uh, they may think I'm a little off my rocker. (laughs) You may think I'm off my rocker. You may think your pastor's off his rocker. But the gospel says he chose the foolishness of preaching. Amen. You can go to church, uh, and my friend, uh, you can do all of these things, uh, but uh, you can go to church and not worship God. You can hear Bible preaching and not worship God. You can hear Bible teaching and never worship God. You can sing gospel songs and never worship God. John 4.24 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Worship means worthy or worth-ship. In other words, when we get at the feet of Jesus to worship like Mary is here, she's saying, Lord, you're worth everything to me. You're worth it all. And she's telling God how much that He is worth He's worthy of our love. He's worthy of our sacrifice. And He's worthy of our praise. I believe today, and this to be the truth, the way I feel about it, uh, uh, three things everyone should do before they die. Number one, you better get saved. Number two, something you ought to do before you die. You ought to lead somebody else to the Lord. Amen. 
You want to talk about getting on holy ground? I'm not talking about inviting them to church and they come to the altar and they're led to Christ by the pastor. I'm talking about that one-on-one relationship with that individual down at the mini-mart or down at McDonald's and you begin witnessing to them. They fall under great conviction. That conviction's got to come before salvation. The Word of God says they must be drawn to be saved. Amen. And listen, when you lead an individual to the Lord one on one that is one of the greatest things you can ever do in your life as a child of God so first of all three things you ought to do before you die I'm telling you number one you got to be saved number two lead someone else to the Lord and number three have just one Holy Ghost spell in the Lord (laughs) yeah just one (laughs) just one Holy Ghost Spell in the Lord. (laughs) And they'll say, Brother Mitch got so tore up last week in our revival meeting, he started dancing circles around the evangelist. (laughs) I've never seen him act like that. He embarrassed his whole church. (laughs) Oh, but preacher, if I worship the Lord, they're going to call me a holy roller. Well, I'm thinking about this. I said, well... If I'm holy, I must be a Christian, must be saved. And if I'm rolling, I sure must be going somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, boy. Hey, listen, I'm going to a place called heaven whose builder and maker is God. Amen. That's where we want to go. That's where we should be when this life is over. I don't want to go to the pits of the damned. I don't want to go to a place called hell. I want to go to that place called heaven where I can get down at the feet of Jesus and thank Him for His goodness, thank Him for His mercy, and thank Him for His grace. Listen, they may call it strange. Let them talk about you if you want to. I'm saved and I know it. I know where I'm headed. Amen. Amen. Right, Hallelujah. <laughs> Martha is working and she overlooked Jesus. Martha's in there scrambling around trying to get the place all tidied up because the Master's there. How can you overlook the lily of the valley? Sometimes, sometimes, Pastor, I have to put on the brakes. Yeah, come on, preacher. Come on. And I have to say, Lord, I've been doing so many things for you. I failed to spend much time with you. That's right, preacher. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And boy, God, start convicting my heart. Listen, don't take me wrong. It's good to work for the Lord. But I believe He desires to spend some time with you. I believe He desires to have you alone in the prayer closet to where you can speak to Him one-on-one. Get in there and get at His feet and let God speak to you. Oh, my friend, I'm telling you what, I'll fall under conviction so bad, I'll go down the road, I'll start weeping, have to pull over on the side of the road and just get out and walk around the car and just pray unto God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've neglected you. I'm sorry that I took no time for you. And you know, the devil will say, oh, that's all right. You've been doing all this work for him. Listen, the works can be all burned up and thrown to the side. I want to make my Lord pleased with what I'm doing. Amen. I want to, I want to allow Him to be, uh, listen, the Lord and King of my life. You see, everybody with, the, listen, anybody in their right mind 
wants a Savior. Anybody in their right mind when they leave here, they want to go to heaven. The problem is, many people don't want a Lord. Because when you bring out that precious King James Bible, and it begins to expose sin, and it begins to speak to your heart about different things in your life, and when the Lord begins to speak to you, and tells you to tithe, and the Word of God says to give it in, Give it in so a fashion that you'll be blessed by Him in return. Amen. Amen. He said, I open up the windows of heaven on you. Yeah, come on. But if you don't do it, you're cursed with a curse. I don't know about you, but I have enough problems as it is already. I don't need to live under a curse of God. Amen. Amen. And, and listen, I, you know, and when, when, the, when the Word of God begins uh, speaking to you about sin... A blatant sin, an open sin, concealed sin, a, a, a secret sin. And the Lord speaks to your heart, brings you under conviction, and the Lord tells you that it's wrong. And then you just turn away from God and say, Lord, I don't care, really care what it says. I'm just going to do what I want to do. You see, if He's Lord of your life, you'll listen to Him. You'll listen to His Word. They want a Savior. When they're sick, they want a healer. Uh, when they're in trouble, they want someone to calm their storms. Uh, but they never want a Lord yeah, come on. in their life. Martha is working, trying to get everything prepared. Mary said, I'll worry about the chores tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to worship while He's in the house. Martha, can you just see her running around? Trying to get everything done. Martha, are you going to, Mary, are you going to get up from there and help me clean this house? I can just see Mary now, down at the feet of Jesus. Shh. Martha, I'm worshiping at His feet. I'm worshiping at His feet. I'm not worried about mopping. I'm not worried about sweeping the floors. I don't know what Jesus said to her. But she wanted to hear some more of it. And she wanted to hear exactly what the King of Glory wanted to say. They knew what they got and where they got it. And listen, Mary wanted to hear more of what Jesus had to say. First of all, you see Mary worshiping at Jesus' feet. Second of all, over in John chapter 11, verse 32 through 35, I believe it is, you'll see Mary weeping at His feet. Yeah. Now you know the story there, most of you I would assume, about Lazarus. Lazarus has been laying in the grave. Martha is the one that runs up to Jesus and says, Lord, if you would have been here, you could have saved him. If you would have been here, he would have been all right. But Lord, you're four days late. Jesus wept and Many theologians will argue the fact that Jesus was probably weeping over the sadness of her lack of faith. 
of uh, not knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ could still resurrect that body. But I've done some study on that, on that uh, story of the Bible uh, uh, many years ago and was kind of curious myself of why did the Lord wait four days before He went to the tomb of Lazarus? Why did He wait four days? They themselves says, Lord, you can't do nothing with Him. The body's already beginning to stink. It is Jewish custom and tradition. They believed that the Jewish priest could possibly pray an individual back to life if they could do it within three days of his death. There was the answer. If Jesus would have went on day one or day two or day three, those Jewish priests would have came up and said, look what we've done. We've prayed old Lazarus out of the grave and he began to live again. But no, my friends, those three days had passed and here come down the road the resurrection and the life. And he stood in front of the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. And out came Lazarus out of the grave. The grave clothes left behind him walking and breathing. And the next time you see him, he's seated at the table eating supper with Jesus and his sisters Mary and his sister Martha. My friend, I'm here to tell you, we serve a great king. We serve the only true and living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. A little young one came to me one time. He said, preacher, why do you think when Jesus got in front of the tomb of Lazarus, did he call out Lazarus and say, Lazarus, come forth? Why didn't he just say, come forth? I said, son, if he had said, come forth, he'd entered out the entire graveyard. <laughs> Amen. I believe that in my Lord. Thank God one day He's going to tell me to come forth. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus showed up when everybody gave up and everybody left. Amen. Martha was in His face saying, Lord, why haven't you been here? You're four days late. But guess where Mary is? He said, where is Mary? Go tell her the Master calleth for thee. He didn't want anybody in His face. He wanted somebody at His feet. <laughs> she was there worshiping. Amen. She is found weeping according to the Scripture. And I know some people say this. They'll say big boys don't cry. What about David? He cried. What about Paul? He shed tears. What about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? He cried. He wept. The Bible said Jesus wept. What about this man of God right here? He cries all the time. He'll cry to drop of a hat and drop the hat to cry. <laughs> Come on, Richard. <laughs> I was so I had eye surgery a couple of years ago. I was having problems, preacher. And doctor said, "Son, you, you you may never ever be able to shed another tear." 
He said, son, you, you may never be able to shed another tear. And Boy, I got to church that Sunday morning and the Spirit of God began to move. And, and boy, I tell you what, all of a sudden I know as, as there was a river of tears uh, running down my face. Uh, and I thank the Lord Jesus, not only that, but I came out of that surgery seeing 2015. <laughs> I just had another checkup uh, about two weeks ago, uh, my friend, and they done my eye exam, 2015. And in one eye, I'm close to 2010. Wow. Hallelujah, brother. I said, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. And there was a time in a couple of weeks, preacher, They, I didn't feel like my eyes were so dry. My wife will tell you, I tossed and turned all night. They would not tear. They would not, listen, there would no type of liquid film come across my eye. And if you've ever had that happen to you at night, and you wake up and you can't open your eyes for the dryness, my friend, that right there will scare you. And I went back to the doctor and they said, preacher, you may never, ever, ever be able to shed another tear but it was just that very next Sunday God put tears back in my eyes uh, they've been rolling ever since uh, that's the God that I serve amen uh, we have to get at his feet uh, and weep a little while my friend because tears are a language that God understands uh, and God's gonna bottle them up and wipe them away uh, thanks be unto God uh, the Bible says he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed uh, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him Jesus wept with her. Finally, over in John chapter John chapter twelve, I believe it is. It is John chapter twelve. You find Mary washing his feet. So you see the three places we find Mary at Jesus' feet. She's worshiping. She's weeping. And thirdly, she's washing. And they were very critical of Mary in that alabaster box because the price of that ointment was a year's salary. And yet she broke open the box and she anointed the feet of our precious Savior. And I can just hear Mary now. Come on, preacher. As she bowed down at the feet of her Savior. Yes. And began to wash her feet with the ointment out of the alabaster box. Come on, preacher. And I can hear her saying this. Lord, I don't need a thing today. <laughs> Come on, preacher. <laughs> I don't need a thing. I didn't come to ask you for anything. Praise the Lord. I just come to wash your feet to tell you how much I love you. Praise God. That's good preaching. And actually, what she was doing, and she may not have realized it, she was just giving him a little bit of perfume for his burial. Come on. Yeah. Some people may have thought that when he walked up that cobblestone way and to Calvary and the, they've plucked the beard from his face. They've whipped him with a cat of nine tails and they've beat him to a bloody pup. Some people might have said, boy, he probably wasn't smelling too good. But before all of that happened, it was Mary Come on, preacher. 
with the ointment out of that alabaster box that was down at Jesus' feet. He didn't smell bad. I believe with all my heart he was smelling like the beautiful rose of Sharon. I believe he was smelling like the sweet lily in the valley. My friend, I'm here to tell you today, if you don't know the great shepherd of heaven, if you've never been to the feet of Jesus, you can find help at the Lord's feet. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? My friend, the Bible tells us it is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. It's appointed unto men once to die, but after this comes the judgment. I thank God for her weeping, her worshiping, and her washing. I want you to stand across the sanctuary. Brother, just come play us a little something here on the piano if you would. If you're not a Christian today... Let me encourage you. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You may be here, been saved, and you've just been out of the will of the Lord. Thank God for 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How can I get help this morning, preacher? You got to get at his feet. You got to get at his feet. Yes, yes, amen. There was a young man in the state of Arkansas. Not long after Pearl Harbor was bombed and just about completely decimated. Young man left Arkansas and went into the service to help defend this great country of ours. American troops in his camp took over a Pacific island, getting close to Japan. They went in and conquered that island, knew that they had conquered that island, but they knew there were still little pockets of, uh, of insurgents that would come against them. And they had done won the battle on that island and they looked up on top of the hill and there was a flag waving. A flag for the land of the rising sun, Japan. That general looked at one of those soldier boys and said, Son, I want you to go out there, shimmy your way up that pole, take that flag down and put one of old glory up in its place. Because we've won this war. That boy said, yes, sir. General, I'll go. He goes, he shimmies up that pole. He gets halfway up that pole. A sniper shoots and kills him. He didn't get to take it down. He looked at another boy in the company and said, go. Shimmy up that pole. Take down that Japanese flag. Put up old glory. We've won this war. Again, a sniper shot him halfway up the pole and killed him. A third time, same thing happened. He'd done lost three men just trying to get that flag down and get old glory up to the top of it. 
The general decided just to leave it alone. It wasn't worth the risk of losing any more men. Had a small company as it was. That little boy from Arkansas came up to the general. Said, sir, if you'll give me five minutes, I'll shimmy up that pole. I'll take down that Japanese flag and I'll hang old glory where she'll fly high. That general said, son, now listen, we've done tried this three times. I don't want to lose any more men. Go back with the other ones. Let, let, let's, let's, we're done. We've won this war. He said, sir, if you'll let me go, I promise you I can make it. He said, okay, sir, I'll go. He said, I'll go. The general said, okay, son, you go right ahead. But please be careful. Five minutes passed. That young man went out there running. He went up to that flagpole. He shimmied all the way up that pole. He removed that Japanese flag. Bullets flying everywhere. He put old glory up there. Shimmied back down that pole. Ran back to the safety of his company. Old glory was now waving. That general went up to that boy and said, Son, I'll make sure that you're highly decorated with the highest honors for what you did. For your honor and your integrity and for whatever you've done today, especially with that flag, your braveness, we're going to show our appreciation towards you. He said, but I've got one question, son. (laughs) He said, why did you have to wait five minutes? He said, well, general, it's like this. It was going to be only five minutes. It would have been six o'clock in Arkansas time. Before I got on that bus to come into the service, my mama told me, said, son, I'll be in the kitchen around that stove on my knees before God six o'clock every morning. That God, that God protect you. And that God keeps you and will keep you safe in this war that you're in. And he said, sir, I knew that my mama's a praying mama. And I knew that she'd be around that pot belly stove in Arkansas at 6 a.m. And as long as she was praying for me, one of them bullets could not touch me. No weapon formed against me was going to prosper. And that's how I've done it, General. (laughs) I don't know what your need is today, but it's nothing that a prayer unto the God of heaven cannot help. That's right, You may be grieving today, get at the feet of Jesus. You may be lost today, get at the feet of Jesus. You may be backslidden on God and out of His will. Get to the feet of Jesus. Listen, you may not have a need today. You may want to come for the need of another. I don't know about you, I've got lost family as well today. Lost and on their way to hell without Jesus. Father, we love You. Thank You for Your many blessings of life. Lord, I pray that You'd move upon the hearts of the people. We'll love You and praise You for all that You do. In Jesus' precious holy name we do ask. Amen. And amen. You come if you've got a need this morning, okay? You may not have a need of your own. It may be a need for someone else. God can help you. Just get at the feet of Jesus. Just gather around His feet. It's okay. Amen. Come on. Come on. I know we've went a little over time today, but I get kind of excited about being around Jesus' feet. I get excited when we get to talking about being around the Lord.
Oh, thank you, Jesus. I pray you touch these hearts gathered around this altar. Oh, listen. That family that's in grief this morning, I'm here to tell you, I bet they'd surely appreciate a prayer offered up for them. I believe they'd surely appreciate to someone getting in touch with heaven. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, if you're here today lost and undone without Christ, would you come? I don't know everyone here. I don't know the half of you, but I know that Jesus loves you today. I know that God can put something deep down inside of you that will move your heart in another direction. He'll save you. He'll turn you around from your wicked ways. A lot of people have told me in the past, they'll say, Preacher, I can't give this up and I can't give that up. I'm not asking you to give anything over to Him. Listen, give anything up except for your soul to Jesus Christ. But when you turn your life over to Him, He'll take those other things away from you. He'll take them away. Oh, God bless these that are gathered around here today. This service is coming to a close. You ought to come. Is there any other? Would you please let me beg you? (laughs) Don't die and go to the devil's hell today. (laughs) Don't do it. There's a better way. There's a better way. Oh, but preacher, I won't have my friends no more. Listen, you'll have a brand new group of friends. (laughs) Oh, listen, I don't want anybody to die and go to hell today. Get at His feet. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Ask Him to come into your heart. (laughs) Right now, God can give us mercy. Right now, God can show us mercy. But once you're in a devil's hell, you've gone beyond the reach of mercy. There's a conscience there. You'll feel the flames. You'll know the suffering. You'll remember these gospel preachers preaching these messages to you. Knowing that you should have come. Knowing that you should have made a move. Knowing that you should have made a move toward God on this day. Oh, why don't you come? Would you, sir, please? Would you come? God can help you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there another... Is there another? Listen, I don't want to close this service out and if there's still needs that need to be met. <laughs> oh, I know we've gone into overtime, folks, but listen, you can't put a time on a soul. Look at here, Brother Jim. Look at that. Look at there. 
I got tears. He's a good guy, brother. I got tears. Doctor said I never would. Oh, listen, is there another? We'll be glad to pray with you. Would you please come? Well, God's speaking to your heart. Help's been uh, given out around this altar this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) Just get at His feet. Hallelujah. Is there another like to be saved this morning? Saved from a devil's hell, you ought to come. Be assured that heaven will be your home. Be assured that the Lord Jesus Christ is preparing a mansion for you. Thank God I'm glad I know I'm going to a place where there's no more sorrow. I'm going to a place where there's no more hurt. Where there'll be no more tears of grief. But there'll be joy unspeakable and full of glory. There'll be no more pain. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for souls today.